0: Welcome to BNB with Ellie, Biohacking and Beyond, the podcast where we dive into the incredible world of self-healing and mind-body connection using biohacking and lessons from dramatic new medicine. Welcome everybody. And thank you for tuning in to this new episode. I'm so excited to have this guest. I've known him for about four years and he brought in one of the most innovative biohacking machines that I have in my center that actually sets my center apart. And that is the Live02 0 EWOT Adaptive Contrast. And we're going to talk a lot about this. And this is the man who knows everything about it. And he's the man who actually taught me how to use it and how to help my athletes and my kids on that spectrum and everybody else take advantage of the oxygen advantage. <laughs> and he is a director of marketing of Livo 2 and his name is Rob Parson. Welcome Rob.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk with you again. I haven't seen you since I was there in Manila.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh gosh, this was a month before the lockdown and it was still easy to go anywhere. And I'm so privileged that we were able to connect before the lockdown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Like I really wanted to to spread awareness about livo 2 throughout Asia and, and you were there. And I was more than happy to come over to your facility and meet you face to face and help you to, to get rolling with the technology uh, appropriately. So you can, you can do a really good job with it.
0: Right. And LIVO2 is actually one of those, when you talk about biohacking, LIVO2, EWAT adaptive contrast is way up there. Nothing quite does what it does. And I really wanted to get into oxygen training or, or, you know, oxygen saturation. And we tried to get into HBOT, just wasn't a great model for us. And when you presented us with your machine, that made sense. So Rob, just to get started, could you give us the difference between HBOT and EWAT adaptive contrast by LIVO2?
1: Yeah, so HBOT or or hyperbaric oxygen therapy is another modality of increasing the amount of oxygen that we can get into somebody's body, but it incurs a lot of cost and a lot of time and is normally not practical for most people either because, you know, a session typically will take about an hour and a half and you typically need to have medical staff administering it and monitoring it. And there is some additional dangers with it and it's less effective for most able-bodied active people. So if you're going to do like a big cost benefit analysis between looking at a, a hyperbaric chamber or doing something like livo 2 adaptive contrast, if you're able to physically exercise and you're not, you know, on a stretcher, livo 2 is a much better option for people all day for results and for, for affordability and for time.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Just to clarify, with of course the E stands for exercise. There's a possibility though for people who can't who are not so mobile or ambulatory to still benefit from LIVO2 adaptive contrast by mm-hmm. just using like a sauna or or something like that.
1: Yeah, like the thing is we need to get the heart rate up. So you can get your heart rate up in many different ways. As you know, if you get in the sauna, we can get a, our heart rate raised, even if we're working with someone that's in a wheelchair or dealing with maybe like reconstructive, like an ACL surgery or something. You can put them on a arm bike, something like this, to do level two. And you can even work with someone who's a senior citizen with having them do a chair workout where they're using, you know, water bottles as weights. And having them just, you know, do overhead presses and arm circles and different things like this to get heart rate up. So as long as we're able to elevate the heart rate slightly with LiveO2, it can still be effective. But, you know, when people are in, you know, like literally laid out completely and they're completely immobile, they would get a better bang for their buck because we really want them to get healed. I would definitely recommend a hyperbaric chamber for those folks. But for 99% of people who are able-bodied, they're going to get a much better result with LiveO2.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that explanation. Also, Rob, we were just talking about this before we started recording and there was something about, you wanted to sort of emphasize around the term EWOT, what would that be?
1: Well, like if you just, you know, if you, if you look up the true definition of EWOT is exercise with oxygen therapy, but if you look at the history of it, you know, it originally started with people sticking a nasal cannula in their nose, like you would get at the hospital and cranking up an oxygen to like maybe five liters a minute or as much as they can get per minute and exercising. And that showed to actually be minimally effective, but not anywhere near what we're getting now. So then people evolved from a nasal cannula into a a mask or a rebreather mask was the next evolution of that. Again, this is just oxygen only. And then the next, and these people were just going either from bottled oxygen or directly from the concentrator directly to the mask. And then we further evolved down the road of EWAT to a reservoir system where, you know, typically an oxygen generating machine can only make oxygen at about 10 liters a minute. But when we're exercising, we're breathing somewhere around 100 liters a minute. So to get all of the air that you'd be breathing to come in as a, as a high concentration of oxygen, you need to take 10 concentrators and daisy chain them all in a row. So instead of doing that, people put a reservoir system. So you'd fill up the weight for the reservoir to fill up for an hour, and then you'd exercise for 15 minutes and exhaust the reservoir of all of the, the oxygen. And that's, that's EWOT. That's kind of the evolution of EWOT. And then what LIVO2 did is we invented and trademarked adaptive contrast, which is we're not just exercising on oxygen. That's kind of the old technology. And there's some limitations to that. The main limitations to traditional EWOT is you're just breathing oxygen. <clears throat> and there's a paradox there because to make these types of trainings effective, we need to increase the respiration and heart rate of the user. Um, but if you're just breathing pure oxygen, it's very hard to raise your heart rate uh, that much higher because you're, you feel like a superwoman or superman because you're breathing pure oxygen. So... Um, people tend to not be able to get their heart rate really high, which l- limits them from some of our more advanced protocols, like the brain, proto- brain O2 protocol. They also hit a plateau very quickly. If they have any level of athletic ability, if they're exercising on only oxygen. So if we use the term EWAT as it sits 99% of people out there will think it's just breathing oxygen and it actually doesn't really work. But what live O2 adaptive contrast has done is we've evolved that to make it where you can exercise on pure oxygen. But there's a switch that you flip, which changes the air that you're breathing to being low in oxygen or hypoxic, similar to being on top of a mountain, which is a totally different ball game than traditional ewat And that's kind of where there, there should be a, a definition to so we help everyone with terms. It's tough because it's a very fast moving and evolving technology. Like, you know, all this stuff is coming at us pretty quick. But I think if we use the word adaptive contrast, where we're exercising on low oxygen air to increase our heart rate and to make it have a increased exercise challenge also helps to build carbon dioxide in the blood to help the oxygen to get released and then once we're on a recovery phase we'll flip a switch and have them breathing pure oxygen or you know high concentration oxygen and that switching between challenging them on altitude and then having them recover on oxygen and going back and forth and back and forth is livo to adaptive contrast and I think it helps to kind of set us apart from what a lot of people are doing as just regular EWOT. That's
0: so amazing, Rob. And the next question I wanted to segue into is that, is it kind of like oxygen training? In other words, if you continue to do repeated iterations of sessions on the adaptive contrast, does it increase your capacity to, let's say, hold CO2 and then, you know, an O2, like the gas exchange? Does it make your capacity stronger and better as you do it more and more?
1: Well, like every time you would do an interval from challenging yourself on the low oxygen setting and then recovering on oxygen, every time we flip that switch, we have another big release of oxygen into your blood plasma. So if we look at the amount of dissolved oxygen in someone's blood plasma, which is the one dissolved oxygen delivered into your body, it increases like a stair step pattern on a chart every time we do an interval from high to low. So that's why we do multiple intervals because we're in one session, we can increase the amount of dissolved oxygen in someone's body by something like six X, where if someone just did oxygen only by itself, they would see almost minimal to almost no increase in their dissolved oxygen in their blood plasma. The definition in terms changes a bit. So that's, yeah, that's why we do the adaptive contrast. And there's a lot of other benefits to it as well, because there's a big, a lot of depth of research into intermittent hypoxic training or intermittent hypoxia. And With LIVO2 Adaptive Contrast, we are able to challenge the body as if you're on top of a mountain. So if anyone listening to this podcast has ever gone hiking up in the mountains and you instantly feel that kind of shortness of breath where you're like, wow, I feel like I can barely move because this is really challenging. Well, you can get that with the flip of a switch with the LIVO2 Adaptive Contrast system. And when your body starts feeling this challenge from having low oxygen, your body starts to produce more red blood cells than it normally would have in response. So just as if someone that lives high in the mountains, to them, it's nothing. They run around all day and that's, it's fine. But if you travel from you know, sea level and you go up into the mountains, you know, you're at a, at a serious disadvantage to that person that's living up there all the time. They have more red blood cells than you have in your body because their body has adapted over time. So with LIVO2 adaptive contrast, even if you live you know, in Manila or at sea level, you're training on the system on a regular basis, your red blood cell count will start to increase, which is basically your energy gas tank. That's how much oxygen you can deliver per minute through your body as you have more red blood cells. A lot of athletes, professional fighters, boxers all different types of sports teams often train high in elevation to get that adaptive effects of those larger amounts of red blood cells in their body. So when they go back to sea level, they can compete and have an advantage over their competitors. Even if you're not a competitive athlete, you're just someone that wants a little bit more energy. You're dealing with a little bit of fatigue as you get older, we can take any little benefit that we can get any advantage we can get. So we can train with level to adaptive contrast and have a larger energy gas tank to you know, play with our kids for work for all the things that we want to do in our regular lives. So that's another thing that you won't get, absolutely will not get with hyperbaric and you absolutely will not get with traditional EWOT. And that's something that livo to Adaptive Contrast can provide. So another one of the benefits to the intermittent hypoxia, which is huge amazing. I'm so happy
0: <laughs> that I have adaptive contrast. Now. Yeah. And so um, another question, Rob would be, then would you do a session then commensurate to the demand or the oxygen requirement you have for a particular activity? In other words, like if we had a professional athlete who was going to do like really intense game the next day versus let's say a child with autism who is just living life the next day, would you do like, let's say for the child, maybe just a, a three intervals versus versus the athlete, the professional athlete will need to do the brain 26 six X type of um, intense training. Will that follow?
1: It really depends on the person and the program that they're on and where they're at. So it's, it's a very wide range of, of what's appropriate for what person at the right time. Like, for example, if I'm a, an athlete and I have a big event coming up the next day, like the next morning, I have my big marathon run. I've been training for I'm not going to hammer that person on a really hard training session because we're, we've already done all of the hard work. We're not going to adapt their red blood cells a bunch or anything like this. So we just want to like increase their amount of oxygen in their body and get them prepared for their next day's training. So I might, it really depends on the person and where they add in their overall training. And then if it's someone dealing with something like autism, again, we're going to put somebody, typically we're going to put somebody on an overall program that's going to have a constant progression of getting a little bit more challenging every single time that they come in. It's really important that basically wherever someone comes in at, we, we meet them where they're at and we never push them too hard. But every time they come in, just like going to the gym, you know, we're not going to lift the same weight every time for 10 years. We might increase the weight a little bit, change things around to keep their body guessing and slowly keep it challenging enough where they're right on the edge. Of, of what they can, what their capacity is. So there's no one size fits all approach when it comes to training people for this or for that. We do have a series of protocols uh, on live02.com and prime.livo2.com, which we have a brain O2 protocol, a fatigue protocol, an athletic protocol, an altitude protocol. For example, like an athlete, if they're earlier in their season, we might do some really hard altitude sessions where we're going to train them on the low oxygen setting for really long extended durations of time at a lower intensity because we're trying the goal of that session would be to trigger adaptation to increase the red blood cell count. And, you know, at other times we might do hit training. So it's, it, uh, it really depends on where we're at in the cycle for the athlete or for the, for the person that we're working with. And one cool fact we saw, we did some blood work studies on on the, the red blood cell increases from doing LIVO2 adaptive contrast. This was, he was doing the body awareness protocol and some brain O2 protocols. Uh, and overall it was three times a week of training. And I believe it was over six weeks, he saw a 22% increase in his red blood cell count over baseline, which was pretty profound for his overall energy capacity.
0: Wow, that's that over was Michael six
1: weeks. He's on YouTube. Yeah, he has a YouTube about it on, on uh, Michael Coomer.
0: Uh, What sport is he in?
1: He's not an athlete. He's just one of those super fit influencer biohackers that has his own YouTube because he tries out every single thing under the sun because he's just a fanatic about health and fitness and wellness.
0: Okay, that's cool. We'll
1: look him up. It's on livo2.com as well in our uh, blog section.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Okay. I love it. And so, you know, is there, okay. So we have the oximeter on the finger just to see the, the saturation levels going down and, you know, for beginners, 92% is the level that you stop at You rest and then fill back the tank. Is there a level that let's say the lowest, the absolute lowest level, you can't go lower than that, that you've experienced in, or or that's recommended by LivO2?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, the the most important thing is like we have a real human in front of us when we're training them, and humans their physiology and their bodies are all over the place. <laughs> Especially if you're a trainer, you've I'm sure you've seen this by all the people you work with. There's such an extremity of one end to the other. So yes. the most important thing is how they feel. Like you might even have you might even be looking at someone and you say, "All right, we're going to take you to 92," but their eyes are five times bigger than normal and they're huffing and puffing and they look like they're going to pass out, but we haven't hit 92 yet. So it's like going by a number is over the years, we've gotten more and more away from focusing on numbers and more having a, a communication and an observation of the person that we're working with. And we're going for a particular feeling more so than a number. I feel like we've done better with that over time. So like, for example, on a desaturation for a new user, I said, okay, I might use the words like, when you start feeling noticeably uncomfortable, go ahead and let me know and raise your hand and we'll put you back on oxygen. So I'll let them kind of go where their bodies need to go versus going by a number. Because sometimes what if that piece of equipment might malfunction? What if it doesn't read properly? What if we have bad circulation in the fingers? What if they have nail polish on? All these types of things. So I think it's sometimes better to like, just really be really observant of the person we're working with and and explain what they should be feeling. And when they feel that sensation that we're looking for, then we'll flip the switch back and forth and we'll build a relationship with them over time where they can push further into those feelings as they feel more comfortable with all the system and, and hypoxia things like that
0: and that makes sense and and of course in biohacking it's always end of one we always look at the bio individual aspects of you know someone's training someone's workout and yes today might be not a good day and today i just want to go you know do the beginner or the basic training program yep. instead of like the you know, two. i love that that yeah that makes so much sense what about time in hypoxia. So that's about 13% when we're in the minus in the hypoxic segment. Is there a limit to that? I know you're going to say it's bioindividual. The, the, the reason I ask is because I have somebody who stays on it and just loves the feeling of hypoxia, believe it or not, and stays there for 22 minutes.
1: That's okay. Imagine if someone went to the top of, I mean, it's, I wouldn't recommend it for the average new newbie, but um, mm-hmm. that's our altitude protocol in a nutshell. It's like go on hypoxia and stay there for as long as as you'd like to go. Cause it really, it's not so crazy. Cause you can imagine someone went up to 10,000 feet elevation. So say someone went to uh, a ski resort in Colorado and hiked up the mountain. Well, that's not completely unusual for someone who's fit, but they're actually going up from 10,000 to 13,000 feet on that hiking trail. So, and over time as their body, like I said before, as their body, if they do it all the time, They'll make more red blood cells and it'll actually become easy for them. So, um, totally not uncommon, not unusual. And as far as a uh, desaturations go, I've seen my own personal desaturations get, I think the lowest I've ever seen is maybe 43. I've seen Whoa. a 38 before. um, I don't go there on typically on average every time, but um, when I'm you know really trying to push it, I've gone that low and I felt okay. I didn't feel dizzy to pass out or anything like this. So you can go quite low. And one thing we do have a newer, a, a brand new system that we just came out with, which is the livo to Extreme, which allows us to take the altitude feature, not just at 10,000 feet simulation, but all the way up to 21,000 feet. So basically double the hypoxia of the older adaptive contrast system is the newer system. And we do have an upgrade for people as well, but something to think about if you ever want to go to the new levels, because that's what I have here at my house here in Bali. i pretty much come to the point where I just leave it on the 20,000 foot setting all the time. And I just spend less time on hypoxia. So it just makes the workouts actually a bit shorter but a little but much more intense is how I've have I started to use it more.
0: Oh my gosh, I want that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, okay. it's it's a, it's a it's a whole it's another, you know, it's one more level in the system. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's actually a, a pretty young girl who who likes to, you know, stay in 22 minutes. She, she's not even a professional athlete, she, but she just loves it. And she, she seems to thrive on it. But did you ever, though, pass out and feel dizzy doing uh, adaptive contrast?
1: I never have, and I've never seen it happen from anyone. I've never heard it reported from anyone either. I have had people um, that have claustrophobia from the mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've had that. I'm sure you've probably had that happen at one point, but someone, we flip it to the low oxygen setting and they start, start going and they have a a panic and they'll reach and they'll want to rip the mask off. So, you know, that's why it's important with new people that start training is to go slow. We're not trying to break any world records. We're not trying to take them super hypoxic. That's the whole point of being a good trainer like yourself is you just take it nice and easy and slow. And, and really let the user feel it and become comfortable with these new feelings that they maybe never felt in their entire life i mean it's a pretty profound experience when you go from yeah. super you know you go on hypoxia and then you flip back to oxygen you go back i mean people have never felt anything like that in their entire life they f- usually feel amazing but some people it's a bit shocking so you just got to take it easy for for new new users
0: yeah um for some people sometimes they don't they don't feel anything they're like oh yeah they feel the hypoxia but it you know especially if they're beginners they don't really feel the high where they do feel the the difference is oh my gosh i lasted in my basketball game for 30 minutes longer oh my god i won um my muay thai bout because Mm -hmm. my opponent burnt out and i got a point because you know my stamina was longer or i have somebody who sings in a choir and they rehearse like five times a week. And you know, that's a lot of oxygen and, and CO2 oh. exchange. Oh my gosh. And she said, you know, I don't feel uh, dizzy or I don't feel tired after I still have energy while everybody else is tired. That's where they yeah. feel it. That's where it's profound.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing with Livo 2 is it's not a magical pill. You know, that's one thing. It's like everyone wants these quick fixes or this, put me in a tube and press a button and make me feel 20 years younger. It's a job. It's a work. You got to earn it. You got to you got to sweat, you're gonna, you know, give effort, sometimes it might be a little uncomfortable. But what we do is we awaken that inner athlete in people who may have been sitting on the couch for many years. And we kind of wake that up to knowing that, you know, you're in control and and, and you have the power to have more energy really easily at the at the flip of a switch. But you do got to put in the work for sure.
0: Right. Rob, and just for our listeners who are not aware of what we're talking about, could you describe <laughs> to us the moving parts of LivO2 adaptive contrast and what it's all about?
1: Yeah. So, you know, why are we doing any of this is we're we're trying to increase the amount of oxygen inside of our bodies so that every single cell from our brains, our brain to our skin, to our eyes, everything works optimally. And What tends to happen over time as we age and from a lot of other things like environmental toxins or physical traumas is our circulatory system is not as robust and open and flowing as it was when we were younger. So um, our endothelial cells, which line our our, our vascular system tend to become inflamed uh, just over time in general. And that basically takes our oxygen and blood flow from what used to be a raging river down to a traffic jam. And we're not getting as much oxygen delivery through our system as we used to, particularly in our youth. And we attribute that to a lot of disease. That inflammation limits oxygen delivery to the cell. So basically, if the cell doesn't get oxygen, it can't do its job. And that's our whole body is just our cells. So the whole goal of why we're even talking about all this weird stuff is we want to increase the amount of oxygen to every single cell in our body. So it's optimal at the optimal levels and even, even above optimal is our goal with Levo2. So we looked at why, how can we do that? Well, like we talked, one option was hyperbaric. Then there was ewot and which didn't really work as well. And then there's adaptive contrast, which is working phenomenally and, and easy to use and really accessible and affordable. So the way it works is it's pretty simple. You wear a mask while that makes a seal around your nose and your mouth. You raise your heart rate. Typically, we'll use some type of exercise equipment like a, a spin bike or an elliptical. It doesn't really matter what we use. You could just even just do jumping jacks, whatever. Just get the heart rate, get the blood moving, get the heart, the respiration up. And then what we're doing is to to get that respiration up, we'll usually flip the switch onto the low oxygen setting. So it's very easy to get your heart rate up. So, you know, just in a few minutes, your heart rate's rising, your respiration is rising, and the CO2 in your blood is also rising. And then as soon as we get you to your body saying, I'm feeling challenged. Also with, with exposing yourself to hypoxia, your body is smart. It starts adapting. It says, we're not getting enough oxygen. So your body says... We need to vasodilate we need to expand our lungs we need to be more efficient with every single breath we take everything needs to be primed to get as much oxygen as we can because we're not having enough as we're used to having we're tricking your body on the hypoxia and then as soon as all of those physiological reactions have occurred and the heart rate is raised and the body is screaming for oxygen we flip a switch and on the next breath you're breathing in you know 90 plus percent pure oxygen and that magic moment, when we trigger that moment from the body screaming from oxygen to receiving more than it's ever had in its entire existence is the magic moment where we're able to get a lot more oxygen dissolved into your blood plasma. When we put people on oxygen, they're actually only on oxygen, typically with most of the protocols for just a few breaths to maybe just a, a short amount of time, maybe just a minute or so. It's not exercise on oxygen for 20 minutes. We're challenging the body to need oxygen and then delivering it to it in a magic moment for a really short period of time. Get their oxygen saturations back to 100%. For me, it takes maybe three or four breaths to do that, and then right back to hypoxia. And, and by doing that back and forth and back and forth over about a 15 to 20 minute or so training session, we can increase the amount of total dissolved oxygen in a person's body by up to six times uh, what they typically may have. And this flood of oxygen causes an anti-inflammatory effect through their entire circulatory system and a lot of those inflamed endothelial cells, which had might've been you know choked off and, and limiting circulation, when they receive this big flush of oxygenated blood plasma, they tend to flatten out and heal, literally reversing potentially decades of inflammation to our circulatory system in literally just one training session. And once all of those pipes are open, now we have all of this oxygen-rich blood plasma circulating through all these areas where it used to be dripping in and now it's rushing in like a river. And... That's how we get these profound increases in cellular energy throughout the entire body. And people will typically do this. Um, you know, you can, even just a couple sessions might have, you know, up to a year of benefit to someone. But if someone puts this in just a regular part of their, their regular training schedule, you know, typically, you know, if you're being somewhat conscious of your health, you're gonna exercise, you know, at least a couple times a week. And we're all busy with our lives. So why not just stack your regular exercise that you would do with something like Livo2, get a more effective workout, get all of these anti-inflammatory benefits and all these energy benefits, it's basically just working a lot smarter and not so hard for a much better impact on your overall health and wellness.
0: And it so fits a biohacking picture because biohacking is all about being lazy, you know, working smarter, not harder, and biohacking time, like stacking every all of the benefits in one go. And LiveO2 just, you know, addresses all of that. Thank you so much for that explanation oxygenous life, right? So it's a no brainer that the athletes would use this. But have you had any studies with regard to like clinical um, conditions that LIVO2 adaptive contrast has helped with?
1: I mean, there was some research done by a researcher named Manfred von Arden. There's about 190 different studies published that you can look up in PubMed underneath Manfred von Arden's name. And he pretty much studied almost any type of medical condition that he can get his hands on. From high blood pressure, high cholesterol, erectile dysfunction, chronic fatigue, diabetes. I mean, you literally can name any condition. And there's probably some research on blasting that person with oxygen and seeing how their condition responded. And I would say for about 99% of those conditions, it was extremely beneficial because all we're doing is optimizing the body's natural systems to perform better. You know, a lot of conditions as well are impacted by inflammation. And this is a, a, like the master anti-inflammatory is, is increasing oxygen into the blood plasma. So it's actually more relevant to think of like what conditions oxygen wouldn't help because it helps just about every single thing that, that can be ailing somebody. There are a couple outliers. People with fragile red blood cells might have challenge with the hypoxia. So any condition where the like sickle cell anemia might be one where their their red blood cells are malformed or fragile. If you put someone on a really hard hypoxic challenge, that's probably one of the only contraindications I can think of any condition. But in general, just about everything I can think of will be beneficial from increasing the amount of oxygen the person has on their body.
0: Okay, what about age limit? Like the youngest I have is a, it's a seven-year-old child male who, who does it. And obviously it's good for him, but younger than that, three, four, you know, they can go on a baby I mean, bike or a baby, baby um <laughs> trampoline or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, in general, I always say like this in general, we, oxygen typically is not the issue for younger people The kids typically have more energy than anyone. They're running circles around you and you're ready to go to bed. And those kids are running off the walls. So increasing the amount of oxygen and their oxygen throughput for for younger children that are generally healthy, you know, is not, I I think it's like there, it's, it has less of an impact than say, if you're someone in your eighties, you know what I mean? Because we're basically, we're trying to optimize oxygen delivery, optimize blood flow, and we're usually fixing disorders, but if someone is young and healthy already um, they're pretty much. adding more oxygen typically isn't good is going to be minimally beneficial, unless that child is dealing with some type of illness. If there's an illness that the child is dealing with where they're having trouble with maybe focus ADHD, um, some type of inflammatory disorder, circulatory disorders, it could be actually life changing for them. And sometimes we can be using it with very young children. But it's like, in general, if a child is healthy, it's going to be much, much less effective for younger people than it would be as you get older, it becomes more and more effective
0: good point. Now the, now we would go to the, like the logistics, like the mask and all of that. Like, let's say I had a three or four year old um, child with global delays. Let's say the, the brain didn't have enough oxygen when he was born. And, you know, we want to kind of address that with adaptive contrast. What could we use like for a child that small, like a mask? We, Is have, our a, mask-
1: we have a mask for children, a uh, child size mask through live 2 So you can contact, you know, your sales rep and they can get you some, some child size masks but again we're not we're gonna recommend very you know again level 2 is not a medical device you know anything that's happening with this type of stuff is definitely in consultation with you know however the child's doctor is but we do have do have a child size mask for the the off case where we need to be working with someone that is very young
0: right yay that does make sense and what would you have them do for exercise just you know little <laughs> just to keep their get their heart beat up what would you have them do
1: I've worked with, with younger kids. I had them put on a mask and we jumped on a trampoline uh-huh. uh, yeah. and we've done like boxing where the kid punched my hands as boxing mitts, oh, something that's fun and intergate and, and engaging with the child. Um, so you can do something like this.
0: Okay. And then, you know, the intervals are much um, shorter, like 30 seconds, 20 seconds, something like that.
1: Yeah. We'll usually watch for SPO2 and, you know, in general, everything's going to be shorter. It's going to be a lot more heavily monitored and make sure that we're able to communicate clearly with them on how they're feeling is is the big one.
0: Awesome. Love it. Can you share any inspiring success stories, testimonials from individuals who have used LiveO2 Adaptive Contrast or any famous people that you know that actually use your system?
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's uh we've had, we've had so many amazing stories. And you know, the greatest place to see these is if you look on livo2.com on our uh, oxygen library section, there is an experiences section where we have, I don't know, so many testimonials there. And there's more getting loaded up every single day that I have in the hopper that I need to publish of all these people's stories. Yeah. Rourke Chartier was a um, NFL, uh, sorry, uh, NHL hockey player for the uh, professional hockey player and had a concussion. And he used Laveau too, to help him, you know, get back on the ice and it sped up his recovery from his concussion dramatically. And also he got into the best shape of his entire life. And when he got back on the ice after, you know, his concussion he was in way better shape than when he he first left, all while recovering from a massive concussion. He, he attributed LIVO2 to be a big part of that success. Brian Frazier, another guy that we had, he was a retired Army helicopter pilot, and he had issues with his liver functions, his high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and he was on the borderline of being diabetic and uh, you know a little overweight. And he got on a LivO2 system. I remember talking to him on the phone when he first got it. And he's telling me all the things that's going on with him. And we got him on a regular training program. And I think somewhere between like six to seven months of regular training after he purchased it, pretty much his high blood pressure, his cholesterol was in normal ranges. His liver functions were working optimally. He was on borderline for being a diabetic. And now he was in normal ranges. So he literally went and held off all of his meds and did a complete reversal on his health. He has more energy than he's had in years and the guy was just uh he there's an interview with him talking about he's just like blown away like how did all of this stuff happen to me you know my doctor said to me just pointing me to take more medications and i was able to actually take my health into my own hands with just exercise and oxygen and and get myself to the point where i don't need to be on these five different medications so that's pretty cool and there's story after story like that a lot of people too with dementia, I worked with a guy here in Bali who uh, was dealing with some pretty serious dementia conditions. Where like he would go to the store, you know, he he knew that he was really bad when he went to the store, and he forgot how he got there. He didn't know if he walked there or if he took a bike there, or a car, and he was basically lost. And he realized that he was 82. That he's like, I'm in trouble. So he had to hire someone to. Uh, work with him full-time to go with him everywhere that he went. And we put him on a really hard brain O2 regimen. Again, for him about six months in, he was able to operate independently again, which is pretty amazing to see that whole transformation happen. So there's, even with people that are pretty far along with some of these neurological conditions, and, and it takes consistently, it's not an overnight fix, it's not magic, but there is something that you can do. When he went to every doctor that he knows, he had all of the financial resources that you can have and all those doctors and they just told him go home and die you know there's nothing we can do for you basically and he was able to use oxygen and get a, get a lot of his functionality of his life back and have more time yeah there's a there's countless numbers of stories and and people from all all the way from the athletic extreme to dementia and people with medical issues and everything in between uh, that have seen a lot of benefits. That's why I was saying earlier it's like not really you know it's it's more a better question is like what Livo2 can't do because it can pretty much help just about every condition in some regards.
0: Amazing. Um, so Rob let's get to you. So you've been with the company for a long time. So what got you into this this journey of joining with Livo2? You've been with it for 11 years and what about the company is it that you love and what are the kind of the values that you align with?
1: Yeah, I met Mark something like 15 years ago and I met that was before LivO2 even really existed. It was just a a concept in his basement and we took that over all these years to becoming, you know, the number one oxygen training company in the entire world. And one thing that we've stuck with from the very beginning all the way to now is and I think it's rare more and more rare in this world is we really care about the outcomes of our users. We want them to truly get an amazing result and know how to use the product correctly. And we give as much time as we possibly can to every single person that buys a product so that they, you know, can help themselves and they can help all the people around them to the, the highest level that they can. And at some point, that's all that really matters is how happy you are and fulfilled you are with whatever it is that you're doing. And knowing that we really care about every single person that we're working with and all of the story. I mean, that's our motivation is when we hear these people with these dramatic results and they life-changing results from using LiveO2, that's what keeps us motivated to keep working, you know, like at a certain point, like that's the biggest and most important thing. So Mark Squibb is the founder. He's the inventor. And he's a real hero in the biohacking space. He's really kept the company over all these years in a really, really strong alignment with those core values of being as absolutely helpful to every single one of our customers as we can be and giving a level of customer service and training and support, which is literally unheard of for almost any product in the world. So, and that's what we're committed to doing.
0: Yeah. And I can attest to that because every time I have a question about my one of my three machines, Rob or Dave will reply immediately and, and you know, tell me what's going on or, or, you know, offer what support they can being they know yeah. that I'm all the way here in the
1: Philippines. or fly Or fly there and train you for free. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> Your flyer chair yeah and then give you a, a, a tour of the cuisine in the philippines right <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean that that really is um uh, pretty amazing yeah so thank thank you so much for that i mean that that's also why i love um live to adaptive conscious because of the people behind it it's just a real passion it's not just your run of the mill oh i'm just gonna get some you know oxygen concentrators and sell it online and all of that stuff. There's passion and wisdom behind
1: it. Well, the training, I think people, people dramatically underestimate the challenge in truly understanding how to use this system as a trainer and a coach for many different people. I mean, you've been working with this system for years, day in and day out, and you still have questions. So, and, and we're, and we are still learning as a company, like the protocols that I showed you, several years ago have also been evolving over time as well. So I I mean, we're probably due for even a couple more training sessions together. I might need to make another trip over there. And, yes. and update you on and some of our more cutting edge stuff because I think people dramatically, dramatically underestimate the challenges and the learning that's involved with really getting good with a system like this over time. Everyone wants this cookie cutter thing. And I know that's how the world operates, but you know, humans are really interesting and dynamic and all over the board, and physiology is all over the place with humans. So getting the training dialed and knowing how to adjust people's protocols over time is is a bit of an art and it takes takes years and years and years to get good at. It and is constantly evolving as the systems keep evolving too.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to take you up on that offer. I think you and I are in the same time zone, which is amazing. It's quite a miracle that one of my yeah. biohacking machine suppliers is actually in GMT plus eight. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so you could just come over. Um, another question that I had in is, is there such a thing as having too much oxygen? Like, you know, we, hundred percent oxygen is toxic, right? So we do emit 93% because it mixes with the atmospheric oxygen level. So is there such a thing as too much?
1: Our machines are incapable of giving too much, but you don't want to be giving, you know, you don't want people breathing 100% oxygen, as you mentioned, with a little bit of mixture of other gases for proper lung function. And yeah, LiveO2 is somewhere around the 90% range when, when it mixes at the mask area. So yeah, our systems are incapable of, of anything that would be harmful in that in that regard. With regular, you know, you could train on LiveO2. I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend someone train on this system 24 hours a day, seven days a week, things like this. You know, as long as you use our particular systems as recommended and, you know, something like a once a day would be kind of a maximum, I probably would never really go more than just one 15 minute session in a 24 hour period. Sometimes when I'm trained and not on, and sometimes if I'm like doing an intense training session with a coach, we might do more sessions in a day just because we're trying to do a lot of education within a short period of time. As if I'm training a client on a regular program, uh, once a day would be my maximal. And even for me personally, I'm using the system probably three to four days a week for my own personal protocol. You know as long as you're staying within these these realms within the context of Livo two, everything is is perfectly okay and and it has been studied at length for things like on you know, many different levels. so yeah, everything is is perfectly safe uh, within those ranges.
0: Okay. Great. Good to know. Good to know. So once to twice a week is actually okay for just, you know, a regular Joe comes here for, you know, optimal health, just would, upgrading yeah. the baseline kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Two to three times a week, probably more towards three times a week would be oh. probably my ideal. Basically the increase in oxygenation that, that goes into the blood plasma stays elevated for about 48 hours. Okay. And every minute after we get off of the system, it's a slow downward A chart all the way down to zero. And that zero ends at about two days. So if someone comes in and trains at roughly about three times a week, they're kind of always in somewhat of an elevated state, which is an, is an okay way to go about it. But you know, if you, but it also is relative to that person's stress level. So if I'm a, for example, a MMA fighter and I'm having two a day workouts every single day where I'm burning, you know, 1500 calories a day or 2000 calories a day in exercise, or for whatever sport you're in, you're just training like crazy. Once a day, you're going to burn through all that extra oxygen in that same day in that first training session because you're operating on a higher, much, much higher level than just sitting at rest all day. So those types of people can train at a higher frequency with the system. But if you're just the average person that goes and works out once a day, you go to your job, you you do your daily life, you know, I would say, yeah, three times a week is going to be a good kind of minimal baseline, I would say for most people.
0: Okay. Got it. So it stays elevated for about 48 hours. I actually thought it was 72 hours. I thought, I thought it would stay high for three days. So, but to be safe, it's better to just say 48 hours.
1: Yeah, I I think in general, somewhere on there. And again, it's really relative to the person's output. I mean, that's the biggest thing to look at is like, if someone's running at a real high frequency, we could train more frequently to keep them elevated. And if their lifestyle is more chill. We don't need to train it. We don't need to do as many sessions. So it's gonna really just taper, adjust based on the person and their their output.
0: Makes sense, Rob. So I've um, been talking for almost an hour. Is there anything that you'd like to announce? Any anything new? I know you're in Bali, and are you putting up a new center in Bali? Is that what you're you're doing
1: there? Uh, I'm just uh, you know enjoying life here. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying life, but there's a lot of things going on with LivO too. There's um, new centers opening up in Jakarta. Uh, from another another company that I'm, I'm supporting. Uh, Russell Simmons is opening up GDOS in Abood, which is this big, giant wellness uh, resort. And 2 is one of the, the center pieces of that. Um, and uh, there's another location that we're looking at opening up here this year for 2 training. You know, the big thing I would like to actually talk about, which is you know useful to the users, is stacking. I've kind of been honing in on my own personal protocol that I think works the best over time and I started stacking LIVO2 with other modalities and there is a really nice synergistic effect to doing that so what I like to do is a LIVO2 training session then I'll do sauna you know I even have my own personal debates over infrared versus you know traditional you know dry heat and I've done both extensively And I just feel better with the dry heat over infrared, even though everyone tells me these studies about seven times better detoxification, everything. And I read them, but when I'm in there, I just physically feel like I'm getting a a better benefit from the regular dry heat. That being said, I still do infrared every once in a while, but anyways, so I do sauna and then I mix that directly, um, let my temperature stabilize a little bit and then I'll do ice cold plunge, typically ice bath. And I might do two rounds of oxygen or um, heat and then to cold. And then I'll do simple sunlight exposure, a couple minutes front and back. And if, it, if it's a nice sunny day or we'll do a red light therapy, like, you know, do a red light therapy session if I don't have access to sun. For example, it's raining outside or it's nighttime when I have time to go to, the, to do all this. And I feel like that that stack, oxygen, the heat, the cold, and the light is amazing. I mean, it, it brings everything to a whole nother level. And and it, I like to do the oxygen first because we're we've hyper-oxygenated our bodies with six times more oxygen than normal. And then we go into the sauna and we're 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 you know increasing the temperature. So all of our blood rushes to our extremities and our skin and, and rushes away from the core. You know, we're we're we turn beet red. It's all rushed into the skin to flush the skin. And then we get in the cold and all the blood rushes back into the core. And that hyper-oxygenated blood is, is just going through all the nooks and crannies of your entire brain and body. And it feels absolutely amazing. In general, I think light, just getting light on your bare skin, you know, not burning. That's an important thing to remember. You know, don't burn yourself, but for the appropriate amount of time there's so much benefits to that and it's so free <laughs> that that people you know skip that one part of their health by you know being dressed with clothes and going into work early and getting out late and they're not getting sun on their eyes and on their skin so yeah that has been my my health stack uh, I have a protocol written on it on prime.liveo2.com. I labeled it as the Primal Elements Protocol, or Prime Elements Protocol. But that has been a game changer for me personally. I'd highly recommend people try it because I've never met a person I took through it that didn't feel like a million bucks on the other end of it, so. And
0: so how long is that protocol usually take for you?
1: About an hour. It's a little oh, under an hour, uh, 45 minutes to an hour is, and it depends on if I wanna do extra rounds of sauna. And also like, uh, you know, then there's more details. Like for me, I do about 15 minutes in the sauna. And then I feel like that's my, you know, what's appropriate to, you know, hit all the responses I want. And then in the ice plunge, I usually do about three to four minutes. I don't really go much longer than that because I feel like I get a a diminishing returns for what I'm trying to achieve. So I actually count the seconds while in the, the ice, I count myself out to three minutes or four minutes. But I found if I go much longer than that, it's too takes too long to, to heat my body back up. I feel like I'm getting some diminishing returns, so I, I limit the time in the in the cold, and and sun is just uh, to tolerate basically to to tolerate before burning.
0: Okay, and would you go to the twelve nude sun where the vitamin D conversion is highest, or does it matter?
1: I mean, that would be ideal. You want to go and when, when when you can get the the best results. But you know, normally how it works for me is it's whenever I could get there, <laughs> you know, whenever I can get all my stuff together <laughs> and my work is done <laughs> and I have that window of time. But, right. you know, I think t- taking an hour a day for yourself, I mean, if you think of yeah. all of the, you know, there's so much published information and so many good results from Livo 2 there's there's an equal amount of, of history around sauna that goes back thousands of years around the benefits of sauna going uh cold exposure is becoming more and more aware it has been going on for yeah. thousands of years also has become much more popular now and just getting vitamin D conversion and general light on your skin or red light therapy again is another, a newer one, but again, yeah. don't, you don't need to spend $20,000 on a red light system or 10,000 when you have, you know, you can get some of the similar effects from you know, getting light exposure on your skin for free outside your front door. So don't have you know, limit a budget, you know, stop you from being able to, you know, get benefits. But, you know, if you just stack all those things together and then you stack all of the benefits of all those things together, um, it's a really nice way to use 45 minutes of your day, that is probably the best bang for your buck for your total energy and longevity and your health.
0: I love it. I love it. And that's one of the tenets of biohacking is hack stacking, like you stack everything together so because they all have synergistic effects. And I love what you're doing because there is an order to it. It's not like, oh, you do this because of that you know it's like you do O2 first, and then you do the the sauna to you know put in your extremities and bring it back to the core and everything there's like a um you know a purpose a a function to to every single step i wanted to if i could if i could add two more stacks so i have all of these biohacks except for cold plunge but we all know that you know there is also a protocol um out there where you do i think it's by huberman where you do you go to sauna then you do cold plunge then sauna then cold plunge again about nitric oxide and increasing stem cells, or something like that. But if I could add two more before O2 would be um, pulse electromagnetic fields. I've read this somewhere. I forget yeah. now if, if it's from Dave from LiveO2 or, or someone else. So PMF, PMF before O2, and then hydrogen water. Before O2. Mm-hmm. And then, so that would be the, that's what I've heard before. So I guess, well, I have a PMF mat, then I do have hydrogen water. So I would start with that, then do your primal element stuff. So maybe just add 20 minutes <laughs> before just on the mat. What do you think? Yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, absolutely. PMF is a, is a great stack with this whole entire thing. I've typically used PEMF in the past for what I'm targeting like some type of specific healing with inside the body so like say if there was an injury or a, a torn muscle or a, a part of the body that I wanted to energize to help speed the healing process I've used it I've never personally used PEMF when I was already feeling fine and everything was doing great but I that's something that I can you know I, I've just never had the accessibility that's one of the challenges with PEMF in general yeah. is like to get a good PMF system they're quite expensive. You know that's actually where Mark started. Before Livo2 was a Livo2 company, we were a PMF company.
0: Serious mats and Serious. all or or like well, pulse
1: Mark, Mark P- pulse, the the more the pulse machines.
0: Okay. Yeah, the pulse machines so expensive.
1: Mark, yeah, Mark was the first like the first distributor of those in the United States.
0: Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty-
1: I believe it was Magnapulse. Don't quote me on the name, but that's where Whole Health Network started in the first place, and LivO2 was one of the secondary products that he added later. But we, but the you know the PEMF was something like you know twenty seven thousand dollars for a unit. So it's a very very expensive unit that was, and he and he managed and supported those for many many years, but then. Livo 2 took off so well that it it consumed all of our energy and and he stopped doing stuff with PMF. But that you know that goes back to the roots of what we do. And and you know, we have it in the lab and we use it all the time. But if you have that type of tool, if you have that there, what you do, it's a really, really powerful tool and it's extremely helpful for healing. If people are dealing with different types of, of injuries or conditions, it, it could be yeah. extremely helpful. So you're people are lucky that you have that there in, in the Philippines and Manila.
0: Thank you. So, yeah, yeah,
1: we do. If people have access
0: because we, we don't have the pulse. Um, we ours is clinical grade, but it's not quite that as expensive. But it is ex- expensive on its own because it's clinical grade. I mean, it's a mat, it pulse electromagnetic mm-hmm. fields and it's low gauss. And then we we combine that with structured water with nano V. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I just r- heard somewhere that it has something to do with like the O2 is absorbed more or O2. Sticks more. I don't know what the term is, but be- when you do PMF before O2, there's that exchange, and then hydrogen as well. High- molecular hydrogen before that too. So yeah. hack stacking at its best.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I figured. See another way you could also do something with you know the red light can get stacked anywhere along yes. the protocol as well. So you can do have the red light. Mark at his house has his red light panels lining up on the side of the bike. Oh, so he has a wall on a mount that's on wheels. And he has it on the left and right, so you get on the livo too, and that you're getting blasted with the red light from the left and the right side. Uh, so that's Mark's Mark setup. And you know we have the sauna there, you know, at the house as well. But,
0: my God, yeah. that's brilliant! I have an idea, but he has to he has to do the bike um, a little bit naked, right? Because <laughs> you know you want yeah, yeah, you want the light yeah. to go through the skin and yeah, also no, yeah, no
1: shirt on. I don't, I, you know, I'm no not there when you. It. Do- i don't know i haven't <laughs> seen <good>. that myself. <laughs> i skip when he does that <laughs>
0: i love you know biohackers will do anything you know just to save time and just to med yeah. minimum effective dose the smallest amount of time biggest outcome in the world <laughs> yeah. i love it
1: yeah yeah it's 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 challenging because like it's nice to have everything in one place you know like here in bali I, I ordered my sauna and i ordered a cold plunge to come to the house but right now i have to drive through 20 minutes of traffic to get over there to the sauna and then I got off the Livo 2 here at the house and you know it oh. ends up being a it ends up being such a round trip but you know people are lucky to have a place like yours where they can go to one spot and there's everything there. I think there's a real, you know, there there's a there a couple of places here in Bali that are already opening and it's been I'm quite busy with Livo 2 like I've but I keep getting called in to wanting to make a, a my own biohacking facility again and go but I mean, I, I know you know how much work that is. I mean, it's oh, yeah. a lot of work to do it. And LivO2 needs me a lot still. Uh, we we're, we're have a lot of cool things going on in the background that we're building and we're working on every single day, all the time. So it would be quite a, you know, uh, I, my distract, my, my attention would get, uh, you know, split, yeah. which is kind of hard. But basically, I feel like if, you know, having one place where people can come and do oxygen, they can do you know, LivO2, sauna, ice, light in a circuit that's yes. 45 minutes in and out quick, and it's all in one place. I think that's an industry that is growing and that will continue to grow because a lot of places I see that are using hyperbaric chambers and they're doing something similar to this, this is popping up here in Bali, but they wow. just don't know that LivO2 exists. But so they're using... Wow. um a technology that takes an hour and a half by itself and lacks the exercise benefits, the detox benefits and all these other benefits, but people just still don't even know. Like we're still so, even though we're, we're, you know, 11 plus years old, a lot of people in this world still don't even know what Libo 2 is and how it works. even, in, even in the biohacking space, you know, it's a constant education and being on podcasts like this advocates like yourself help to to spread the word and educate people on how all these things work.
0: Thank you. And that's why we're having this podcast, because we're going to be um, talking about this a lot. I'll be promoting this. And and thank you so much for, you know, on a, a moment's notice, I said, Rob, are you available? Let's do a podcast. And he's like, yes, I'm available. And we are we have the same time zone. So it's like it, it's so easy. OK, so the next step is, Rob, we're going to have to get you here in the Philippines and we do live shows and we do whatever we to, to promote. And you, you train me on the new protocol so I can train my clients on the new protocols.
1: Cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's yeah. We'll 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 talk. We'll see when we can find something that works. Yeah, I I'm totally down to make another trip out there and come visit you and 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 do some time in the Philippines. And I'm I'm very interested in doing that. That sounds great. Mm
0: Okay, thank you so much, Rob, for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your expertise on this fantastic biohack. And thank you for making all those clarifications about the difference between HBOT and EWOT and LIVO2 adaptive contrast. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see you again and I'll be sharing all of the links in the show notes. So everybody don't hesitate to uh, go to the LIVO2, she said primed at LIVO2.com website to know more about LIVO2 Adaptive Contrast.
1: Yeah, they can go to, to LIVO2.com. Really simple. It's the letter O and the number two. Everything is there and check out our YouTube as well. Uh, check out LIVO2 on YouTube. We're on Instagram as well liveo2official on Instagram we're posting daily reels educational content so yeah check us out on all the different platforms because we're, we're, we've are we gotten really good with our social media finally and we're posting a new video every other day for as long as I know is coming up it's all already scheduled so stay tuned there's lots of interesting things coming out there
0: awesome thank you so much Rob and have a good one and we'll get you again on a, on a show whether live or recorded
1: sounds good so good to see you all right
0: okay bye in biohacking, you control your biology so it doesn't control you. But first, heal your mindset. To biohacking and beyond. See you in the-